0: Welcome to the 34, 34 Cersei Salon. Salon. Welcome, Welcome to, to, to
1: Make Matriarchy great make again. Matriarchy make, matriarchy matriarchy. Matriarchy. again.
0: And welcome everyone to the Thirty Four Cersei Salon. This is Make Matriarchy Great Again. I am Sean Marlon Newcomb, and I am here with, as always,
1: Don Sam Alden, and we are joined today with our third partner in crime.
0: The band is together.
1: (laughs) Vicki Noble.
0: Hi, everybody.
1: Hello,
2: Vicki Noble.
0: Yes, let's get let's get the proper applause for that. (laughs) So, Dawn, why don't you take it away? We have a special guest today.
1: We do have a special guest. Um, I don't know if our listeners are familiar with the goddess timeline, Um, but the goddess timeline is this amazing visual, um, beautiful, huge poster that gives us 32,000 years of uh, goddess figurines and um, their location in space and time. And it uh, was the product of Constance Tippett. And Constance is here with us today to talk about that project, how it came to be, and uh, tell us a little bit more about the process. So hello and welcome, Constance.
3: Constance. Hello, Dawn in time. <laughs> <laughs> and Dawn. Uh,
1: and if you would like to introduce yourself to our listeners, let them know uh, what you would like them to know about you.
3: Well, um, my name is Constance Tippett. I'm a visual artist, and um, uh, I did the goddess timeline, and I also... Uh, did ceramics replicas of um, terracotta figures that I particularly liked. Mm-hmm. but mostly I'm known for the the goddess timeline. It's a poster and you can go on my website and purchase one and I'll send it out to you in a tube.
2: It's Yay. way more than a poster. Let me just say. <laughs> it's a whole teaching uh, tool. it's It's an incredible visual uh representation of of all of uh human prehistory and then a very condensed few thousand years of uh history
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs)
2: but it's uh,
3: also I have on uh GoddessTimeline. dot com. I have a video, so that if you get the timeline, um, you can tune into the video, and it'll kind of give you a narration and of uh, the timeline. And then I have a few other little ditties on there, like the real Mother Goose video and and uh, stuff like that. So
1: wonderful!
3: Yes, it is. It's an incredible collection
1: of. Um, of just beautiful images and the, and it just visually, as Vicki said, it's this amazing teaching opportunity. It's wonderful. So Constance, how, how did this project come about?
3: Um, well, I kind of, um, came to the goddess kind of late, uh, other than I, I didn't know that all this was going on. I was someplace else. And, um, I visited a friend up in Palo Alto and she uh, brought she, down off of her shelf Maria Gimbutas' books. And I just, it was like a light was turned on. Um, and being a visual artist, I could understand immediately. It was the first time I had understood the concept that God, so God might be female. Right. So, um, I started reading all of the books, you know, Merlin Stone. I got my own set of Maria Gambudis's things, um, myth of the goddess to kind of introduce me to the concept. And so I went back to my friend's place in Palo Alto and we were scheming and, uh, I said, we need a timeline because I wanted to see, you know, there were specifics. There were, you know, goddesses here, goddesses there. Um, But I wanted to see all the girls together (laughs) (laughs) in one place to see how extensive this was. And then I wanted to see it in kind of like real time, because when you look at, uh, art books um they take the paleolithic and they squish it down and they put a little venus of willendorf there and that's it and then they visually elongate you know egypt greece mesopotamia so when you're looking at it it gives you this visual distortion so i put um I did it in 1,000-year increments so that it looks, it's in real time, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you get an overall view. Everything's in context, you know? Right, right. And we get to see the sort of latecomers. Yeah, uh,
1: exactly. <laughs> the male gods, you know, they're the, or as Sean and I sometimes joke, the male goddesses. Um, <laughs> when they appeared on the scene a little bit later than than the millennia of amazing goddess figurines yeah
2: and you know when i when i saw the timeline for the first time i i've known about the goddesses and been completely uh immersed and invested in the work of Gimbutas and all that for decades but when when i saw the timeline and the beautiful images that constance had reproduced from all the different goddesses all through the paleolithic and the neolithic it was so shocking to see the perspective you know it's a, what the timeline's a little less than a, than a yard wide but right but, but the goddesses from from prehistory take up I'm gonna look. I was it's, gonna, it's about two thirds. It's more like three quarters. Oh, yeah, three yeah. quarters of all of of human uh, artistic, you know, evolution, uh, and then comes history, and so and, and you know, for a very long time, and maybe they still do it. They they explicitly connected history with uh, progress and uh, evolution and civilization, and everything earlier was culture. And so the dividing line for civilization was really the prehistory line. And that has had to change because of Maria Gimbutas and how she showed us the civilization of old Europe.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, it's interesting. I just watched something literally yesterday, which, talking about how we erase parts of history and how we emphasize other parts, it was on uh, Crete, and it was on Gnosis. And so it was looking at the civilization was there. It was sort of a travel log around the Greek isles. And so I was interested to see how they would handle Gnosis. And it's a historian, and I'll tell you the story in off air, but she was talking about the civilization there, and she spent about 20 seconds (laughs) on women. (laughs) She spent... The remaining 10 minutes on the, these, as she called them, these amazing warriors, these heroes of the island. So I thought her comment on women in Nosos was that they had beautiful earrings and may have had equal power to men, possibly, uh, in their culture. Wow! Um, and so, yeah, so something like this timeline, its it's a, it's a perfect example that here's this massive part of human existence, and it's just kind of... Glossed over, sort of happened. They had great earrings, I think is the way to think about it.
1: <laughs> well, Sean, it, it maybe happened.
0: That's right, maybe.
1: <laughs> but Possibly. those earrings, let's talk about those. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, You when you, after I kind of figured out what how I wanted to lay it out, then I really started getting into the books and reading and, and studying and, you know, Vicki's double goddess was just like, Oh my God, there's so much information here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it, it was just amazing to read what other people had written about these images, mostly men. And um, it, it was still, it was kind of funny. Um So anyway, it took me about 10 years to do the timeline. Yeah. And um, I had to, to put three um other little vignette posters up there because there was just too many goddesses to put on one page. Uh so I've done Mesopotamia, Egypt, old Europe um and uh I could have gone on. I mean there but I had to draw it to a close because I I um You know, I figured, let's just get this out here. And uh, people, several women have told me, yeah, I was doing a timeline, too. So it was something that, you know, we women wanted to see. We wanted to see this. Yes, Yes,
2: because we're used to being uh, taught world history through battles of men and, Mm -hmm. and great generals. Uh, and, and empires, and it has nothing to do with anything. Right.
1: <clears throat> yes, whereas we're talking about the the spiritual life and the cultural life of humans, which is what is often destroyed in those battles. That's true, yeah. yeah.
3: And then the, uh, the funniest one I ever came across was this um, professor who was talking about... Um, is it Artemis that that has the temple on her head and she has the many breasts? Is that- yes. Okay. Yes. That's Artemis yes. of Ephesus. Yeah. Right. So he was looking at that and he said, people may think that these are breasts, but actually they're bull testicles. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, what? you know, if, if I was looking for bull testicles on the chest of a woman would be right where I would look. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, it was just like so comical, and he said it with a straight face.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was considered a real uh, potential theory. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I think it was connected for people. I think the way whoever dreamed that up, maybe the guy you saw, Constance. Yeah, whoever dreamed it up uh, was thinking of the goddess uh, Sybil or Kabele uh, mm-hmm. and the eunuch priests who supposedly uh, cut their own. General yeah. stuff, you know. So um, that they conflated those two things.
0: That yeah. Well, that's also the. I mean, that's been going on for thousands of years. Just look how the Greeks reimagined earlier mythology with gods giving birth instead of goddesses and pulling it out of their thighs and their head yeah, and any place right. they could possibly come up with that isn't from a woman.
2: Yeah. So. Right. And then the most recent stuff we've talked about on on some of our podcasts uh, where they're saying now, oh, just because uh, a figurine has breasts doesn't mean it represents a woman. (laughs) Now that we're postmodern and don't have to be limited in any way. (laughs)
1: Well, um so how uh how was your process of getting this uh published and made and, and out there for people to see, Constance?
3: Well, um uh I self-published because um I gave it to I, I inquired from somebody, um, you know, what what it would cost or what it would do to publish it. And the first thing they wanted was my copyright. And I'm very, very particular. (laughs) I, you know, so um, I said, no, that's fine. Thank you. And so I, my son took, we went up to San Francisco and I uh, found three printers and there was this uh, Asian gentleman who had this kind of rickety looking printer uh, building that, uh, right behind the ball stadium and he was so polite and I was looking in his room and he was uh, printing for the de Young and I thought if this gentleman can print for the de Young he can certainly print for me <laughs> and so I gave him the file and he printed it for me and I went up in my car and drove, you know, drove him home. And, uh, you know, I, Vicky was instrumental in kind of kickstarting, uh, the sales, um, and people knowing about me because I, I have a hard time promoting myself as an artist. I'm a bit of a recluse. And so it just seems rather, I don't know, uncomfortable for me to, you know, put myself out there all the time. Um, Anyway, uh, I would come to her class sometimes and, and talk about it. And so it really started to go on. And I thought a couple of months ago I was like, well, that's, that's it. It's kind of over, but no, it's picked up a bit. And um, there's all kinds of women finding new goddesses that I didn't even know were there. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, it's just amazing. I think uh, a lot of women now are interested in, uh, understanding the sacred feminine.
0: Yes. Constance, when you say finding new goddesses, like what are some examples? That sounds really fascinating. Well you know, are they uncovering goddesses that hadn't been known of before, or they're discovering a goddess that they hadn't known
3: of. Before? Yes, I think that's more it. And I'm publishing books about it. Like I was uh, on an airplane, I was looking at the magazine and they had one of these stellas from Petra. Um oh. And I looked at that and I said, you know, and they didn't label it a goddess. And I was like, you know, that looks kind of like a goddess. (laughs) And later I bought, and I still have this book on Petra written by a woman who uh, delved into it. And the whole civilization of Petra was run by women. Wow. Wow. There were, you know, that was a goddess. And That's amazing yeah and um you know then i I read um you know uh the uh gantuius um about uh, the Iroquois women having the being matriarchal
0: uh-huh. and
3: it just keeps going on and on, they make new discoveries they they <clears throat> uncover something that was there but they misnamed it or they didn't know the significance of it. Uh, I mean, uh, Max Dashu showed uh, me a bunch of um, Filipino uh, wooden sculptures that had tons of goddesses in them. Uh So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's just amazing. And this, that was really the fun of this was that I would just kind of wander through history looking here and hither and yon for goddesses. <laughs> and and um I, I would say, well where what's going on in China? And pretty soon I would turn up this book that had, you know, some ancient Chinese uh things in it of of ancestor ro- worship or you know, got women. And so she kind of, you know, the goddess energy came and kind of showed me who, you know, guided me. And it was just a lot of fun. <laughs> I oh, absolutely. Remember it
2: being a lot of fun when you first started. I, I loved your uh, reproductions, the ceramic reproductions. I still have some.
3: Yes, I I I like those too. I love making them, but what I don't like is packing them up and mailing them out <laughs> in all the business because it's like you know you have to double pack it because it's clay and yeah. I get yeah. a lot of fun things in clay. Uh-huh. Um,
0: Constance, could you say what they, what, just for the listener, just tell them what these reproductions are? A little well, more, just background. Uh,
3: they're reproductions of certain goddesses that I liked, like uh, the sleeping goddess of Malta, uh, the bird goddess of Cucutani, um, some Mesopotamian goddesses, um, the bee goddess who was an earring, uh, the bee goddess of Rhodes, it was a plaque. Um, and then if you on the, my site, it'll shows, show you a lot of things that you can't get, but they're there. And then one of my biggest sellers was, um, cakes for the queen of heaven. And, um, I, in Mesopotamia, they made, uh, they had a, this bread mold. mold that had a sitting goddess, you know, with her holding up her breast, sitting on a dais. And then in the Bible, it says that, and I can't remember, somebody, maybe it was Merlin who said that, you know, pointed this out, that um, the the women of Canaan, I think, um, said to um, one of the disciples or one of the Christians, you know, we worship the queen of heaven and we and our husbands know what we're doing because they do it too. And we offer libations and cakes for the queen of heaven. So me and my best Martha Stewart mode made a uh, shortbread mold out of clay with the goddess sitting there in that pose. And so you could, I had a recipe for shortbread, and you'd make the shortbread, pop it in the oven, pull it out, and then you'd take the pan off, and there would be like, you know, little triangular cookies uh, with goddesses on them. So
2: my granddaughter and I used the mold that you sent to me uh, year after year, Uh, (laughs) several years of her prepubescent and after her first period, we we made those cakes, although it's sort of like shortbread.
3: Yeah, it is. It's shortbread.
2: Absolutely wonderful, and it was such a a really deep, uh, simple ritual activity that she and I shared for a long time.
3: Oh, that's I love to hear stories like that.
0: <laughs> that's
1: so wonderful.
0: Can I ask, Constance, uh, a timeline, you know, you have the goddess timeline, but I'd like a sort of a timeline of the timeline. So when did this <laughs> When did this come about? And when did you start this? When did you discover this? And then over time, have you noticed this, what's been kind of the pattern of interest in terms of goddess worship? Dawn and I talk about this a lot in terms of the generations and how engaged each new generation has been with the goddess movement. So what have you noticed? When did you start this and what do you notice about from when you started to where things are now in terms of that kind of interest?
3: Well, it took me about five or 10 years and I finished it in 2005. And uh, right in the, you know, kind of the middle of that um, Bush had invaded Iran, Iraq. And I was so disappointed. It was like, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I want to go hide in, in the bed with the covers all over my head, you know. And I thought, nope, I got to finish this. I got to get it out there. I got to fight back. And uh, nice. so I, you know, pressed on. And at, in 2005, I finished it and got it printed and, you know, registered it, copyright in Washington, D.C., and um you know i started selling them and as i said i thought um you know they were going to peter out and women would lose interest it might be a flash in the pan or something but i see women and scholars uh, you know like finding new goddesses and and looking at um uh matriarchal societies and uh becoming having it that the idea of the goddess uh or is not uh anomaly um so i mean when i was growing up uh it it was blasphemy to think that um you know, God was feminine. That was Jezebel, you know, but now, uh, I see, see it in the everyday attitude of women there. And there, you know, there's so many other things too, that have, uh, catapulted women to be more in charge of their destiny and their life. And, I don't know whether they honor or worship the goddess um, because, you know, know, but the attitude that comes from that, knowing that the feminine is divine and your feminine is powerful. And, um, I I don't, you know, the past three years, everything's just kind of closed down. And we used to, you know, we had festivals and everything. So, um, and I don't travel that much. So I don't know how everything's going, but um, you just, that's where the faith comes in. That you just keep doing the work and like the hands on Collie's, or the arms on Collie's um, skirt, you can't be attached to the results. You you can't be attached to your work, the outcome of your work, because you may not see it, Um, but you do it because you know that it's needed. I mean, you know, there's so many um, new movies and um, articles about forgotten women who, added so much to history and they're starting to be a little recognized. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to read and listen to
2: on audible mm -hmm. Are those forgotten biographies of women who are
3: so incredible. Right. But I mean, you know, I, I lived in Portland for about seven or eight years and then I moved, um, I'm now down in Phoenix uh, at, with my daughter and grandchildren and her husband. And they're rather traditional. And mm-hmm. she knows kind of what I'm into, but she doesn't um, acknowledge it too much. But my granddaughter said, Mom, I want a red uh, party when I start my period. Oh, <gasps> brava. Oh, that's wonderful! <laughs> she she said, her mother said, "Well, I think Grandma would really like to help you with that." Oh, yeah. go, yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
2: Uh-huh. Oh So my you know, it
3: filters in different. It it just filters through the society in different ways. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well one of the one of the things that um that Vicky and and Sean and I have talked about is um you know the 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 subtitle of this podcast is is Make Matriarchy Great Again. And so we mm-hmm. talk about all of the different aspects of matriarchy as pretty much as defined by um Abendroth and her work on um both historical and extant matriarchies. And um if you look at all of the different areas in which, um, we could make change to our current society to make it more matriarchal. So many of the advances that we made in other areas in, in cultural and political in social areas have been, they have ebbed and flowed. And, you know, we are in a period now where a lot of them have, have, um, been been taken away because of a lot of years of, of um, conservative political control. But the area of spirituality and the idea of the goddess and the, the worship of the goddess is something that sort of had this beautiful flowering in the 70s and does not seem to have slowed down one bit.
3: Mm -hmm. I see,
1: you know, I see more, uh, more people finding different ways um, in the world to express their love for the goddess. I find that more and more people are identifying as witches Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, there are all kinds of indigenous returns to the idea of a great mother that has been in the culture forever, but has been in many cases um, suppressed um, and, you know, just dis- as much as possible d- eradicated by colonizers. Uh, so it's this idea of the goddess seems to me to be so powerful that once it takes hold, once it is reintroduced, once we become aware of it existing in the world and in many ways giving name to something that we have Always felt um, it. It just it is so strong. Uh, yes, that- I feel
2: way too. Don I feel like it's a. Well, I wrote in Shakti Woman that it's a, like an underground stream that just keeps mm-hmm. bubbling up in yes, you know geysers here and there and all through time. But I was thinking as Constance was talking about the timeline that. You know, the the thing about the timeline and all this other work that we're talking about is that it focuses on something that has been erased on purpose, right? but is deeply true. And so even though, uh, as we speak, the current archaeologists are trying to continue to erase the goddess and erase the female centrality of so many cultures, ancient and contemporary um, they can't, you know because of the deep truth of it. If it were just an idea, you know a goddess construct as they call it mm-hmm. um, it would it would just it would come and go but it's not. It's our it's literally our DNA, it's our heritage, it's our birthright, it's our human evolutionary path and past. And so it, it can't go away, you know. No matter how they try, and oh, have they
3: tried? And oh, how they tried. So? Yeah, I think it's it's um, very um, serendipitous that uh, Ukraine has a goddess and they a recognizable goddess and a statue of it over one of the cities. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, it and uh, they're. It, I I don't know Ukraine that well, but it seems like the men are very um, conscious of the fact of, you know, the goddesses that have been in their past. So and the women seem very fierce and determined. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's um, a coincidence that, uh, you know, they're trying they're trying to take their democracy away.
2: Yeah.
0: Constance, is there any particular of the when you did this tie line, any particular goddesses that stood out for you personally that you that resonated with you that you'd like to maybe say something about?
3: Oh, you know, I I uh, my favorites are the old Europe goddesses, the Neolithic goddesses, because to me.
0: May have lost Constance for a second or she's muted. I, I know I was having a mute. I have there seemed to be a dog oh, party outside uh, my house. Sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you I would say Constance, maybe maybe there was a yelling uh, in the okay. background. Sorry, I'll mute myself again. You please go ahead.
3: Okay. Um one of my favorite uh goddesses are the goddesses of old Europe. Um I just love them because they just are so real and you know I mean, I, I remember what there's one goddesses. This was in old Europe, but it was about the same time. Um, I think it was in Anatolia um, that uh, there's one goddess sitting on a cat and holding a kitten. And uh, I was like, wow, there I am. (laughs) I even have two cats just like her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and um, I and, you know, they the bird goddesses and uh, I love the figures of the Cucuteni goddesses. And I think the first actually the first thing that I want to do when I get my studio up, up back and running is um, make a replica of this circle of men and women in the qq style and they're in a circle. And, uh, I have it on my Facebook page. I, I just put it out there cause it's like, I want to make this because, um, we have to bring everybody into the process, uh, you know? And so I, and I realized that uh, being with my son-in-law Uh, I really have to tread carefully. But he's a fabulous man, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't like when people proselytize to me. So I don't proselytize to him. But I'm not going to hide. I'm going to put this stuff out in my house. And it's going to be there. And this is one I want to make. Because I, I don't want... You know, I want to bring men into uh, the concept um, of, you know, the goddess.
2: Yes. Well, Absolutely. Really, a, a, a group of images like that one that you're talking about, it shows the egalitarianism. Right. Equality, the gender equality that it exists in all matriarchal cultures. Right. And that would help people uh, to get over their misconstruction of, you know, their misunderstanding of what matriarchy is. Exactly.
0: I think it's just uh, for, a, speaking on behalf of other guys, for a lot of guys, I think it's just sort of a, a lack of knowledge about what this represents, what this history is, what's been there. I mean, once you engage it, you, it's just an amazing, it's, it's visiting, on a, one level, it's visiting a, a lost world that is very rich and very deep. But there's also, obviously, when you can get past that, there's a deeply spiritual element because you're also often lacking a feminine face for divinity and a feminine experience of it that is a counterpoint to a masculinized version of the divine that you see everywhere.
1: Yeah, um- and that is deeply attractive to both women and men. Right, right. That, that there is this, you know, as as Vicky said, it's this underground stream that bubbles up occasionally, and you know, we see it in um, Sean. And I have talked about this because Sean is a, a practicing Catholic. That you know that the the feminine divine. Even in patriarchal systems of religion, it cannot be ignored and suppressed entirely. People of all genders are drawn to this idea of the great mother, and it finds representation in all of the systems of male-dominated religion in some way. And in Christianity, it's um, you know through worship of. Uh, Mary of the Virgin yeah,
0: Mary, yeah. veneration of her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a very strong in a lot of cultures. That you know, Mary's important to me, and it's a very important to a lot. She's important to a lot of people who practice. So I mean, that's a great example of it. Yeah. And this, you know, the timeline with these earlier manifestations, these earlier emanations of the goddess. I mean, I, that it there to me in any way. There is this. Uh, there's an incredible beauty and power to it that is really impossible to resist. So I think it it can reach guys as well, very easily. It just has to be shown as I think the problem has to be offered in a way. um, uh, It was one way to put it, but it has to be, once it's there, I think it's, it's something that attracts very strongly.
1: And as Amy Marie Brown once said, make revolution irresistible. (laughs) <laughs> and i think these goddesses are yes exactly and i think these goddesses are irresistible uh-huh.
2: and that's what we decided in the beginning make matriarchy great again absolutely right.
1: absolutely so vicky tell us a little bit about uh, you know you've you've mentioned uh a little bit but tell us how uh, you met constance and how the goddess timeline came to your attention and um and uh your experience with it as well well i actually helped me out
2: constance i was trying to remember how far back it goes for us it was new college in, in yeah Stanford, so. yeah i think so and um and what happened remind me because I, that, that's how long i we've been having this conversation <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I, and um I, I can't remember. I, it must've, we must've met at one of the festivals or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I sold, uh, at Pantheacon. um, you know, but I don't, I had a booth there, but uh-huh. I can't remember specifically, um, when we met. Uh, but I remember I, I've always, I'm, I'm a big fan because you always have appreciated the the timeline, and I think basically that's all artists want. They just want to be appreciated. Well, I I appreciated your uh,
2: ceramics long before that, and and it's because you're so uh, your artistic talent. Uh, allows you to make these reproductions. I don't know if people know what we're talking about when we say reproductions. They're like you would find in a museum if you went to visit sites in Greece or Malta or something like that. And Constance was making reproductions of these various goddesses from prehistory that she was attracted to, and they were so precise In their representation and their reproduction, and not all. Well, not that's even putting it mildly. A lot of uh, so-called reproductions that uh, women have made over the years haven't been that realistic. They've been more. They're kind of modified or something. And uh, Constance more interpretive. She really nailed it, you know, and that appealed to my. Archaeological precision. I, I mm-hmm. liked it so much, and I, as I say, I still have some of those ceramic pieces.
3: Good. If if you want any more, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky's got an in. Vicky's got an in. <laughs> make, a, make a list, Vicky.
1: <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, speaking of your amazing, um, your amazing products. Uh, if people wanted to get a hold of either the full goddess timeline or one of these mini
3: three mini, um, posters, where could they do so? Goddesstimeline.com. The, the set of four posters comes together. And, uh I think it's about 40 or $45 free shipping. Just, um, you know get in touch with me. There's a place to order, uh, you know, on my website, um, right. there's a shopping cart on the website so you can right. order directly. Yeah. And you
1: mentioned that you also have a Facebook page. What is that under?
3: Um, I think I have goddess timeline. I don't do the Facebook on goddess timeline. I do do some, but, um, I, I haven't done that moving kind of took it out of me. <laughs> Sure. And absolutely. Just trying to get things, um, together. And, uh, um, it, so yes, there's, um, uh, a Facebook, I have a Facebook, I think it's got us timeline, but, um, yeah, but that, really that the website of, is the best place to go. Yeah. That is where you can order, uh, timelines.
2: And, and the first thing I did when I got my, my big timeline and the three little ones, I was teaching in the women's spirituality graduate program. Uh, by this time, I think uh, we we had moved over to Palo Alto. Uh, the first thing I did was to laminate all of them so that they have, they just last forever and uh, I can roll them up and, and uh, take them anywhere and they're, they're never damaged. So uh, I, I
1: recommend it. This is something to be preserved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And I I, I love, that's going to stay with me, Constance, what you said earlier about how we don't always get to know what the, the full impact of our work is as artists. So we make it because it needs to be made.
3: Right. Right. And
1: th- this definitely needed to be made. So thank you for making it.
3: <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Any final thoughts, Constance or Vicki?
2: Well, just in a more general sense, what you're talking about right now in the late, in the 80s, I think, is when it began to flourish in in the, uh, there, there was a sort of coming together of the women's spirituality movement, the goddess movement, and uh, performance artists and uh, visual artists of uh, various types were starting to to intuitively produce works that that uh, that even though they didn't know it necessarily at the time were actually almost uh, repetitious mm-hmm. of infant images and then they would learn that and so books started coming out and, and putting together, I mean, the one I'm thinking of now is my friend, Eleanor Gaden made a book uh, called uh, The Once and Future movement Goddess. Goddess, And it's, uh, it has many artists, but she's also talking about the goddess movement. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's really important the way that that all came together. It's the way that art happens. It's the way that spirituality emerges. You know, it, it's all kind of intuitive and, uh, you know, non-rational.
1: Yes, yeah. But it has a rational base. When we were talking with Elaine Pagels recently, and uh, we were talking about the Gnostic Gospels, specifically uh, the the thunder-perfect mind um, mm-hmm. that was discovered along with the Nag Hammadi texts, and she was saying how consistently... That piece, which speaks, which is divinity speaking as a feminine presence, um, how that piece consistently, of all of the pieces in that grouping, has spoken to women artists and has inspired them to create their own works from that seed. So, yes, there is absolutely something about art that allows the, the, the language of the goddess to continue to be spoken in the yes, world.
2: of course. The the motifs and uh, you know the ritual folklore and dances and prayers and and so on, along with the visual motifs from old Europe, have carried through uh, in an underground strata, a substratum of uh, of European culture for thousands and thousands of years. And you can still see the goddess in tea towels, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really it's never gone away.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have I mean, a few of those tea towels from my grandmother. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Well,
0: well th- thank you. Sorry. Don't please
1: Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to thank, uh, I just, uh, as we wrap, I just want to thank Constance Tippett for joining us. Thank you, Constance. This has been, uh, your work is is something that that we've loved and we've looked at for, especially since doing this podcast. So thank you very much for coming on and joining us.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: And of course, thank you to Vicki Noble for rounding out the band. The band just doesn't sound the same without Vicki here. So, guys. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> And thank you to Dawn Sammold. And thank you, Dawn, for guiding through this episode. Absolutely. Thank
1: you, Sean marlon (laughs)
0: And This has been the 34th Cersei Salon. I'm Sean marlon Newcomb. This has been Make Make Cherokee Great Again. We've been talking with Constance Tippett. Thank you all for listening.
1: Take care, everyone. And blessed be. Blessed be.
3: Blessed be.